I don't think I can do it here. It's a bit like too much. Oh, awful. Oh. Right, do you want to grab a seat? And we can start. Well, we've started already, haven't we? It's just a continuation. <laughs> so, good morning. My name's Kate, um, married to Ben. Oh, just please come and say hello if, um, if I haven't met you yet. Um, I just love meeting people. It's probably one of my favorite things. And I love hearing people's stories, um, how you become the person you are, all that sort of stuff find it really interesting because each story is unique right everybody's story is wonderful and the story I want to tell you about this morning is in my opinion probably the greatest story you'll ever hear and uh, it starts in a book in the bible called Matthew so we're going to jump right in to Matthew here we go it's taken from the first book of Matthew so it's pretty much halfway right in the middle of the Bible. Here we go. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what, you, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, hmm, you might be looking at that, and if you've never read this before, you might look at verse 23, which says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And you might be going, hang on a minute, this prophet's a bit dozy. I thought his name was Jesus. Who's this guy, Emmanuel? So, Emmanuel's like, if you ever had a, um, did you ever have like a nickname or like a term of endearment that your parents maybe called you? Mine was... Um, <laughs> I was like, do I share this? Mine was uh, Kev, after <laughs> Kevin Keegan. Um, I know, it's out there now. It's out there. I was a Geordie, brought up a Geordie, and my hair was curly and frizzy, so I was called Kev. Quick 30 seconds, talk to the person next to you, tell them what your nickname was at school, whilst I recover. All right, bringing it back. Anybody want to fess up? Come on, let's have them shout out. What was it? Anybody? Catkin. Oh, that's so much nicer than Kev. I want to be Catkin. Any others? Nobody else. Go on, Liz. Martian. Martian. Twins. Like it. 
I think I might go back in time and just complain. Kev is just not right. I do get called Mrs. Human at school, though. I guess I can't pronounce Newman. Anyways, <laughs> quite a lot. So, bringing it back to Emmanuel. Emmanuel is like, um, it's just like a, a term of endearment. It's just another name um, for Jesus. It's like his nickname. And it said something about him. So it means God with us, God with you. And if you remember one thing this morning, if you don't remember anything else, what I say, just remember this. So Jesus, Emmanuel, is with you. You will never, ever be alone. So our wonderful story begins when God came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus, Emmanuel. So Jesus was all man and all God at the same time. Now, that takes a lot of getting your head around, I think. So I imagined what it would be like to explain this idea to my young nieces. This idea that God the Father coming to earth in the person of his son. Like, what would happen hmm, if God the Father had a conversation with Jesus, his son, before Jesus came to earth? How could I imagine God the Father explaining to his son, Jesus, what going to earth and fulfilling the mission would actually cost him? So just to be really clear, this conversation didn't happen. But what I'm going to talk about is consistent with what the Bible says happened. I'm just going to add a bit of, you know, creative flair to it. So imagine God the loving Father says, Jesus, son, this is your mission should you choose to accept it. I'm going to send you to earth to fulfill my perfect will, to pay the penalty for all the things people have done wrong. How is it going to start? Well, Jesus, I've chosen for you the woman who will be your mother. You are going to love her. She's a teenage girl who's totally devoted to our will, and her name's Mary. She loves us so much. She's a virgin, and do you know what? She's going to be an amazing mom. I've also chosen for you um, an earthly dad. I'm your heavenly father, but you have an earthly father too. His name's Joseph. He's a good man, and he's going to be like your, um, like your stepdad. Now, Jesus, when you go to earth, you have to remember you're going to have to be born of a virgin. In other words, you're going to spend nine months in Mary's womb before she kind of pushes you out into this cold cruel world and Jesus speaks up for the first time and he says nine months could we kind of like just consider the stork flying in right now instead of the nine months thing can we just bypass that and God laughs and says no sorry about that but just to be really clear why you have to be born of a virgin is because you're not going to have an earthly father who helps you to be conceived Therefore, you won't inherit the sinful nature of an earthly father, but you're still born of a woman. Therefore, you're all man, but because I'm your real father, you're also all divine. You're fully human and you're fully divine. That's why it has to be this way. Jesus says, of course, yeah, I understand. And God continues. Now, when you're born, you need to understand this. You're going to be born in a common place. Most people would expect you to be born in a palace because you're the son of God, but I've selected a really nice stable for you next to some farm animals. 
Jesus smiles and he says, I get it, I get it. We're going to let everyone know we've come for the ordinary, the ordinary and the normal. We're not going to go for like palaces, for the rich and powerful. We've come for the ordinary and the normal. God says, you've got it, exactly. Now, when you're born, Jesus, from day one, you're, you're going to have to realize that every demon in hell is going to hate you and for your whole life be coming after you to destroy you. The first time you're going to see this is even before you're walking. King Herod is going to issue a command that all the little boys under the age of two are going to be murdered because he's trying to find you. Your family's going to have to go on the run. You're going to have to try and escape to Egypt. And if you don't get there, your life's going to be in danger. And maybe Jesus starts taking notes and kind of really fast donkey at this point. But God goes on and says this. Jesus, remember, remember your power and your authority. He said, whenever your mum and dad try to give you a bath, if you don't want a bath, you have the power to part the bath water. But Jesus, you're going to want to take the bath. There's going to be a lot of dirt and dust around you. And if your mum feeds you broccoli and you just want to change it to cake, you could change it to cake. But Jesus, just eat the broccoli. And when you grow up, I've chosen for you to be a carpenter, just like your earthly dad. You're not going to make a lot of money, but you're going to find fulfillment in just helping people. You'll be good at it, but people won't respect you in your hometown. But you're going to work with your hands, creating, because that's what we are. We're creative. And you know, they have no idea that the very wood from which you're going to form these tables will be the same wood they use one day to form the cross on which you'll die. Jesus, you'll be able to speak and change things. Your first miracle I've chosen for you, you're going to change water into wine at a wedding. Jesus looks a bit confused and says, Dad, what, my first miracle is going to be a party trick? And God smiles and says, yep, Jesus, you are going to do real miracles. You're going to open blind eyes. You're going to heal deaf ears. You're going to raise the dead. And they're, they're still going to hate you. They're going to call you a liar. They're going to call you a crazy person. They're going to say you're drunk. But just keep on loving them. You're Emmanuel, Jesus. Show them who we are. Show them my love. What I want you to do is reach out and befriend those who are prostitutes, touch those who are sick, love those that religion rejects. The more you love, the more they will hate you. But just keep on loving. You're Emmanuel. This is why you're going, remember? To show them who I am, to show them my heart and my love. Oh, and have I mentioned your friends? Right, you're going to have friends. In fact, 12 men that you invest in and you love your disciples and you're going to give them your best and they're going to love you back and be loyal to you. Well, until they're not. Because Peter, he's, he's one of the boldest. You'll love him. He's one of the loudest. He's going to tell you, I'm going to be there for you, for you, Jesus, whatever. If anybody denies you, I'm still going to be there for you. And then in front of a little girl, Peter's going to act like he never knew who you were. 
And Jesus, he'll do it a second time and a third time because he's just too afraid to stand by you. That one's going to hurt. But when you're serving what will be known as our supper, the Lord's Supper, you'll break bread, you'll hand out the wine, and that will represent what is going to happen to your body and the blood that will be spilled. And you'll share that with one of your closest, a man named Judas. Hours after that, that very same man, Judas, will sell you for a few pieces of silver and hand you over to your enemies. But just keep loving, Emmanuel. And then God looks at Jesus even more lovingly, and he says, son, I want you to pay careful attention to this next bit. The bit about your friends is going to be bad, but it's only going to get worse. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you're going to see ahead what's coming to you. You're going to know. You're going to be so overwhelmed. You're going to ask me, Dad, is there any other way? And I'm going to tell you then what I'm telling you now. You know there is not. You have to go to the cross. And you will look up at me with all the love and obedience in your heart and you will say, okay, God, your will be done, not mine. Because of the pain of what you know is coming, you will literally sweat blood from your forehead in agony. They will arrest you, they will hurt you, and you're going to hurt like no man has hurt before. They'll throw you down on an instrument of torture known as a cross. They'll drive stakes through your wrists and feet, and you'll scream in agony because you're a man, and you will feel that pain because you're a man. They will strip you naked to humiliate you, and they're going to hang you on a cross where the people who you're trying to love will come by and mock you. And they'll spit on your face and they'll say, Hail, hail, King of the Jews. You saved other people. Why can't you save yourself? And the very people, Jesus, that we created are going to mock us. And because of who you are, you're going to look up to heaven and you're going to say, Dad, please just have mercy on them. Please forgive them because they just do not know what they're doing. Press on, Emmanuel. And at any moment, you could call on like a legion of angels to wipe them out, but don't do that. Keep showing my love. Press on to the finish. And when you do, when you complete everything that was prophesied you would do, declare that you finished it. You've conquered death and shame, and guilt, and fear. Say it out loud. It's finished. It's finished. You'll be buried in a borrowed tomb, and three days later, some women will come to check on the tomb, but you won't be there. You'll be raised from the dead. And God looks at Jesus so lovingly, and he says, are you up for that, son? Are you willing? Are you willing to do that? And Jesus weighs it all. He's taking it in. <sighs> he takes a deep breath. And he counts the cost and he says, yes, I am. And then the Holy Spirit softly speaks up. Remember Jesus, he says, tell them I'll be with them too. And Jesus smiles and says, yeah, I'll tell them. Even when I ascend to heaven, you, Holy Spirit, will come and you'll dwell within them. 
But then when I leave, Jesus says, I'm going to tell them what to do. I'll tell them, here is your assignment. Go and tell every single person how much they're loved. But they just don't have any idea right now. Jesus went on, even when they hate us, we'll continue loving them. Even when they turn away. Do you know what? We're going to put people in their lives to lead them back to us. God says, Jesus, are you, are you really up for this? Yes, he says, I'm up for this. So God says, let's be really clear. Let's be really clear. What's your mission? Jesus says, my mission is to bring life. Life, hope, freedom. For people to be free from shame, guilt, fear, hopelessness, unforgiveness, all those things that just sadly take hold of their hearts. I am going to bring them life and a life filled with purpose and joy and hope. Yeah, that's good, Jesus. And who are you going to go for, God says? I'm going for everyone. But do you know I do this just for the one? I've got to go. We can't not go. We can't shout our love from heaven. I will go and show them how much you love them. So we start here in Matthew 1. Let's read it again in that context with that conversation sort of in the back of your mind. Just verse 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Just to finish, he is always with you. When you're lost, he's with you as your guide. When you're alone, he's with you as your companion. When you're celebrating, he's celebrating with you. When you're at the peak of a mountain and you've achieved amazing things, there's always more. There's always more he has for you. When you're afraid, he's with you as your peace. When you're anxious, he's with you as your rock. And when you are stuck in patterns of behavior that you just know are destructive, he can totally break that and set you free. And where you crave purpose and adventure, he can give you that in bucket loads. All you have to say is, yes, Jesus, I like the sound of that. I want that for my life. It'll be the best decision you'll ever make. He is Emmanuel, who came to save you and me so we can have life in all its fullness. It's not going to be perfect, this side of heaven, but you will never, ever be alone because he's Emmanuel, God with us. God didn't just shout this good news from heaven. He came to earth and was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice so we could just know how good he is and how unbelievably loved we are.